0: what's with what the jersey what, what,
1: what's that? is that a soccer jersey what is that oh the dubs 35 is that draymond oh durant <laughs> no, the traitor <laughs> the traitor
0: it's the traitor i just uh, i'm just too cheap to buy an, a new one is that an official it's a, What what i call it an, an unauthorized official i'll say that
1: chinese knockoff chinese knockoff <laughs> yeah hello my friends
0: thank you for joining us for the Pebcac podcast a weekly information security show featuring some all around good people. It is week 24 of 2022. I'm Chris Louie, and happy National Kitchen Klutzes of America Day, where we celebrate people who are culinarily challenged. With me, I have my co host, The Hot Dad, who just might be culinarily challenged, as last week he sent a video to our group chat of himself frying an orange on a stove pan with the orange peel still on.
2: Hey, uh, you know, don't knock it until you tried it, Chris, and it's Chef Hot Dad to you.
1: Was that orange chicken you were trying to make?
2: Maybe I was trying to regain all of my uh, taste and smell back since having COVID.
0: Or maybe it was just a bad idea. Yeah, cooking with the peel on. A well-known chef technique to cook an orange with the peel on. Google it. And... (laughs) 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 And we have... Glenn Medina, back from RSA Security Conference, desperately hoping he didn't catch COVID or the monkeypox.
1: Yeah, no kidding. It was quite uh, fun being there. I think everybody was done with uh, RSA. I mean, not done with RSA, but done with COVID and didn't care because there was anyone and everyone there um, for RSA. I was surprised, Chris, to not see you there a, a normal attendee.
0: Yeah, I usually attend in incognito mode. I go under my consulting group, and I can do uh, talk to people without them pressuring me and spy on our competitors. But yeah, this this year, I schedules didn't line up. Uh, I had to leave town uh, for for something, and uh, I'll be there next year. Hopefully, it's in person next year, and we're over this this COVID and monkeypox thing.
1: Yeah, I think we'll be on like
0: COVID variant Zeta Zeta or something like that by then. Yeah, Omega. Well, it'll just restart at the beginning of the alphabet again. Well, no guests this week due to our crazy travel schedules with RSA and customer meetings. I love having guests on the show, but I also appreciate it when it's just the three of us. We haven't haven't done that in quite some time. We do have some awesome guests lined up, so stay subscribed and check us out. Combined, we have decades of information security experience and are here not just to educate, but to entertain. We've got four awesome stories for this week, so sit back, relax and enjoy the show. For our opening topic, I want to talk about the highlights of RSA this year. So for those of you who don't know, RSA is a huge, huge security conference, maybe the biggest security conference of the year. It takes place in San Francisco, and it's usually in February, but they pushed it off to June this year due to the high COVID numbers. is the first time it's been held in person since 2020 when two people from the Exabeam booth caught COVID there and actually ended up in the hospital. Literally everyone I talked to remembered that specific RSA vividly and whether they spent time at the Exabeam booth or not. At RSA 2020, I remember Dell and Verizon pulled out last minute to protect their employees. I think RSA was like around... February 21st, and the official lockdown happened around March 15th, but we already knew the numbers were going up at then. Bottles of sanitizer were everywhere, and little did we know that those little bottles of sanitizer would soon be worth $50 to $100 just a few weeks later as the supply literally dried up. I personally did not make it up to San Francisco this year, but I hear that it was done in a way that was a giant middle finger to COVID and to say that we are back. Time will tell if this was a super spreader event, but I wanted to get your guys' take on the RSA conference this year. So
1: I went there Monday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and left Thursday. I've got a a couple things that I want to note. San Francisco, uh, in the area, immediate area, uh, in the Moscone and maybe 10 block area, was pretty clean. I was shocked. I saw a lot of police presence. Didn't see as many homeless people as I thought I would have seen. And uh, th- that was that was different because um, before you couldn't take, you know, five steps without stepping on something that was, uh, uh, you know, human natured, right? So um, that was that was good to have that. And then seeing them clean at night as well. The second piece is who would have thought that you would walk through the exhibit hall and not see the big names like Semantic or McAfee anymore? I mean, that was... It's kind of kind of weird and then seeing the newer names in in the tech industry it just it's kind of weird
2: i didn't have a chance to actually walk through the exhibit so what are the new quote unquote big names
1: well just seeing that you know things like crowdstrike become oh, bigger okay. um you know you know i one thing was weird was i didn't see zscaler have a have a booth over there but from my understanding zscaler was hosting meetings off-site um, I know my company didn't host meetings, um, uh, did not have a booth either. Uh, we were hosting meetings offsite at another hotel. That, that that seemed to be a a new thing that's happening as well, like not have a booth but have dedicated meetings at another location. Yeah, we did the same thing.
2: I, was, I, I got in Tuesday, left Thursday, and all I did was sit in executive meetings all day long. I mean, it was pretty rad. I didn't have to do anything but just take notes and look like I knew what I was doing, but I, I really did it. It was a lot smaller, yeah. I think the uh normally it draws in attendance of like a hundred thousand. I think we only have about twenty thousand in attendance this year. Is that about right
1: so i, I don't know I, I don't know what that actual number was, and I'll, I'll I'll look at it here in a minute, but there were definitely a lot of people. I know Monday didn't seem like a lot of people, but definitely Tuesday and Wednesday it was ridiculous, like trying to get around town and walk around it was it was tough
0: so uh did it feel like it was twenty percent capacity? Cause normally when like like you so say when you walk around you're bumping into people and then even in the exhibit hall you're bumping into people. Did it feel like twenty percent normal capacity?
1: It, it it didn't feel like it when I walked in the exhibit hall, it didn't feel like a lot. It was actually it was it was okay. Um but it felt like it going to the restaurants and the bars, every place I went was just crazy packed packed and sold out yeah, yeah. that's probably like yeah.
0: going back to business as usual yeah speaking
2: of which i was yeah. looking for freaking glenn on tuesday night and it was like mad hatter type of uh exit i have no idea how to even really actually rephrase that he sent me like on a wild goose chase he's like oh, i'm going over here and i get there he's like i'll be there in an hour and a half i'm like are you kidding me dude <laughs> like i just walked for like 18 minutes <laughs> uh, but the fun fact was uh i was standing outside this one place kind of waiting for glenn to show up and some dude came up and talked to me, and he, turned, he ended up taking, like, second place uh, in the RSA Sandbox Spotlight. And, I, you know, kind of mm-hmm. cool. And I was like, well, who got first? And he said, he's That's like, cool. actually, believe it or not, it's that, that chick right there from Talon uh, took first place. And I was like, oh. And I looked at her, and she looked like she was having a pretty good time, right? She was on her way out of the building, and she had these these really high heels. I'm like, oh, she didn't roll an ankle. Sure enough, man. She's uh, Uber pulled up. She took a couple steps and just wiped out. I did the gentleman thing. I just kind of pointed and laughed. Didn't help her up at all. (laughs) Uh, No, I I, I totally would have helped her up, but uh, she was with another gentleman. But I I kind of felt bad, but I saw it coming a mile away. I needed to pull out my phone, but I didn't.
1: Oh, that would have been great on TikTok. Missed opportunity.
2: (laughs) But, you know, congratulations to all the people there. There was a.
1: Yeah, there, there was a lot of drinking going on and a lot of crazy expensive meals. So I, you know, shame on this hotel. I had breakfast or not breakfast. I had lunch at this hotel and I kid you not. There were seven items, seven or eight items on the menu and a Caesar salad, the size of a normal bowl, not a crazy bowl, was $25 and it was a Caesar salad for $25. And if you want to add protein, it was another 14, 15 bucks. That's $40, folks, for a Caesar salad. And it
0: wasn't ginormous by any means. Dang, man. Yeah, where's that committee on price gouging talking about like $50 bottles of sanitizer? Is that a $60 Caesar salad? I should That's have hung out with little... you.
2: I literally yeah. ate a Chipotle burrito and a hamburger and then a ton of fruit, and that was it. That was, that was my entire diet while I was there.
1: <laughs> well, I didn't tell you what I was consuming. I was consuming... uh was it potato, dis- distilled potato, the rest of the week? So,
2: Chris, you'll get a kick <laughs> out of this. So, when we were in uh, Costa Rica, Glenn kept ordering us uh, this drink. I don't know if you remember. It was like Tito's. Was it? Is, is that what it was? It wasn't the blue one. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. That was- thing
0: was. Was it Tito's? I thought it was the other one. It was like their national drink. Cal- oh, cow. Cal- oh. cal-
1: Oh yes, that one. Okay, that would explain it. Because whatever
0: we had in Costa Rica was nothing. Because like he he ordered that
2: for me at this one bar, and it was like gasoline. I was like, "What the hell is this? This is woo."
1: <laughs> oh, casique, casique, two casique, feathers. That is his, it two yeah. feathers or three feathers? Three feathers,
0: three sure. feathers. Yeah, that's uh, that stuff is potent. I'll tell you that- what. So, do you remember the rest of the night well, after I didn't you finish had that? that, man? I, I, took, I took a couple sips drunk. and I was like, ah, uh, Brian's tired. I'm going to go home. <laughs> uh, Brian did the rude thing. He didn't even finish his drink. Party foul. Yeah. As
1: much as you think uh, Brian is an animal, uh, a party animal, he really isn't. Brian's actually pretty
0: tame.
2: You know, it's got to know when to, like, you know, cut loose and let your hair down. I just don't trust you guys yet.
0: Yeah. that And Brian subscribes to that. Saying, I always say, you know, the candle that burns twice as bright lasts half as long. So I think Brian wants to burn half as bright and last twice, twice as, as long. long. Is yeah, like that a as old as Chinese yeah. proverb? I've never heard that before. Uh, I don't know. I, I just know it's a saying. If it's coming it from Chris, it's Chinese. <laughs> Get it? Confucius say. <laughs> uh, I guess on the tech front, speaking of RSA, like, I, I check the tech press, the blogs, uh, all the press coverage of it. Uh, I got to say, nothing impressed me this year. A lot of the stuff that people were putting out for PR releases and things, they were rebranding or relaunches. I didn't see anything that seemed really innovative this year.
1: Yeah, I I, I would tend to agree with you, Chris. It's not that it wasn't innovative. It was just blah. I think everybody was there more for uh,
0: getting back out and socializing, so um more that, for networking yeah it's more for sort networking. of like how black hat has gone yeah. like black hat used to be this underground hacker conference and you'd release the latest new exploits in zero days and then now it's just totally corporate it's just a reason to go to vegas and meet people
2: hobnob i, I will say with Talon taking home like number one this actually puts glenn in a very good position because uh you guys are kind of competitors correct
1: yeah, same technology, very similar technology, uh, but uh I think we're ahead of the game on some features functions. So should be interesting for this.
2: I 100 uh, percent agree with you. You
0: know what I, I always I always found it funny that anytime like I worked at multiple companies and any time a competitor would do something good or do something do some get some publicity The spin the company would always, our company, the company I work for would put on is, this just validates the space that we're in. So like, oh, that's a nice way of spinning it. But, you know, they are ahead or maybe not they're ahead. But that was always a spin. Like, this just validates the space that we're in. Like, I just thought that was funny. All right. For our first topic, the country of Syria is cutting off their entire country's Internet access for three and a half hours for four days when high school students take their standardized testing for university entrance exam. Cheating is so bad, or at least the threat of cheating, that the country has decided cutting the entire country off from the internet is less draconian method to deal with it. These entrance exams are immensely important, similar to the SAT or the ACT that we take here in the U.S., where The score on this test can literally make or break a student's entire future. The problem in past years is that questions from the exams appeared online and on social media 30 to 60 minutes before the exam, opening it up to cheating and completely destroying the integrity of the exams. The exams are printed on the spot or delivered just before the test commences to stop people from knowing the questions in advance. So this is typically when you have an entire country, everybody has to take it at the exact same time because even if you have different times and someone starts an hour before you, they get the questions an hour before you, they call up their friends and say, hey, these are the questions on it." it, destroys the integrity of the test. Syria maintains a tight grip on the internet access for their people, which greatly helps them censor the internet, but it also allows them to black hole their BGP routes for a few hours to effectively turn off the internet for the whole country. No word if text messaging or MMS will still be available, but fixed line and mobile internet will be down. Like who? Th-
1: what about satellite?
0: <laughs> well, you can't stop the signal, so satellite, you're good. I just don't know if anyone in Syria has Starlink or not. Like, who
2: knew that Syria took education so seriously? Like, does anyone actually know why? Like, I mean, I know you said it was like integral to the next level of education, but do they get like a a free puppy, or is there some sort of like a college like Bernie Sanders? plan over
0: there that if you do well, then you don't have to pay for it? I Syria was not one of my areas of study in college, so I'm not exactly sure how well their education system is over there. Um, I guess it's one of those things, if, if you're there and you're stuck there, you want to make the most of it, and to make the most of it, you want to go to a, a good university, and this is the way to go to a university.
2: Well, now, if I ever see somebody's resume and they graduated from the
0: University of Syria, I'd be like, damn, man, you must be smart. And smart enough to pass the entrance exams without cheating, hopefully. Or smart enough to pass by cheating.
1: Yeah, but so let's talk about equalization here, right? Is like, I think if you have enough money, you'll probably go and get, uh, you know, satellite service, right? Uh, And then the second part of this that I want to bring up is is Syria, I I can't remember, and I'm trying to look this up or validate this. Do they allow women in school or to have higher education? So, is that even for them?
0: <laughs> that I don't know. Any one of our listeners out of Syria can let us know, or anyone that studied the region. Yeah. If that's, if that's, one, I that's true, think that's where that Malala is came from. Do you remember up. Malala? Oh my
1: God. Yeah. Do you remember Malala, right? She was the, you know, 11 year old, you know, like green eyed girl that showed up on Time oh, Magazine. Yeah. How's she doing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, better, she's got a fund. I'm looking at it right now, so <laughs> it's was awesome. But
0: <laughs> yeah. so Glenn, I, I think you're you're missing the point here. If if you're in Syria, and you have money, mm-hmm. you don't even have to take the exam. You don't have to cheat. You just pay the right person, and they'll they'll get you in. I'm guessing that's ah. how it probably works. They... You think it's that corrupt? Probably. Uh, oh, they do it at USC. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh oh, shots fired. And we're only talking about the United States. <laughs> <laughs> yeah in terms of their freedom index i i know they don't score high there and political corruption i i can't prove it because i don't i haven't looked up and i haven't looked i don't know this is not based off facts I'm guessing for the right price you can get into a good university there
2: does anybody want to hear ex- speculation does anyone want to explain what happens when they black hole the the b g p routes for the maybe some of uh, our newer what, listeners that
0: Around networking? Why well, don't we have our resident F five networking expert fill us in on that? Uh, I don't know. I was hoping you guys could answer that for me. <laughs> you just delete the routes, right? BGP runs the internet and says uh, these these particular routers connect Syria to the internet. And if you just turn off the BGP routes for this period of time, it just goes into a, a, a literally a black hole. You say, "I want to go to Google dot com or University of Syria dot com," and it just goes nowhere. You get a 404 can't you know dns doesn't resolve can't reach the destination you, you just cut off the internet you think that but what if
1: you had an, a basic basic ip address could you route that sorry brian or is it just because there's zero routing at all at, at layer at layer three
0: yeah there's no routing it just doesn't know where to go yeah i mean if, yeah. if there's i mean syria probably has one isp or even if they have a few ISPs, they're all government controlled. So they said, you know, on this date, you must yeah. turn off your BGP routing. And if there's no internet, there's just no internet, and there's there's no way to get out.
2: So let's state it today that when they go to turn it back on, they're going to inject routes. They're going to just hose the internet, and they're going st- <laughs> to, <laughs> you know, it like everything's just going to get routed through yeah. Syria. And then, well, like, the damn clouds down again. What happened?
0: Freaking Hector over yeah. in Syria. That's that's true. Yeah, when when. When you mess with BGP, especially at a global level, oh, it's it's so fraught with the potential for things going wrong.
2: Well, hopefully, we if yeah, if I'm right, we'll have to mint this.
0: There you go, Brian called it.
1: Well, imagine when they take it down, how much how much of an effect they'll have taking it down, as much as coming back up as well, right? Isn't that a thing, or is taking it down not a big thing?
0: I mean. When you think of something like a boot storm, like you boot 100 VMs at the same time on a server, then it exhausts the resources and it just crashes everything. I imagine Syria comprises like 0.05% of the internet traffic. So when it comes back online, uh, it'll just be a blip on the radar, assuming they do BGP correctly. And that that's a huge, huge assumption that they will do it correctly.
1: Unless they get a fat finger one of the Google IP addresses and all of a sudden everyone's down again.
0: Yeah, it was... It was like, was it Pakistan? It was some totalitarian country tried to black hole YouTube traffic, but they accidentally published the routes for YouTube for the global IP table. And then it took down <laughs> YouTube worldwide for like two or three hours because of this dumb BGP routing problem. It might have been Egypt. It was one of those. those I remember that happening. To... I don't remember
2: who it was. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's what made me think that they're probably going to do the exact same thing. <laughs>
0: You mean the, the graduates from the, the University of Syria are not global networking experts? All I'm saying is that it
2: might be a minimum wage worker. And you'll see what happens when that happens. All right. How many listeners we'll do we we'll have? In, back. Uh,
1: in, in Syria. Is that a curiosity? Yeah, that's a challenge.
0: If we have any Syrian listeners or have background in Syria, please reach out to us. All right. I'll I'll check the analytics too and see if we have any listeners there but i i don't believe so when we, when we did our international show and we we're thinking our international listeners it was not on the top you know 25 at least i have no one on my blog well i shouldn't
2: say that i don't have any any syria traffic in the top 10 going to my blog that's so whack
0: all right for our second topic I came across a funny post on InfoSec Twitter, which happens to be the best part of Twitter, by the way. The rest of Twitter is just a gigantic dumpster fire. Um, but this tweet talked about a ransomware group. They posted on their leak site that they ransomwareed CC's Pizza. For those of you who do not know what CC's Pizza is, it's a very affordable pizza place. It's a chain of restaurants here, and they have reasonably priced all-you-can-eat Options, you pay a fee, you can sit there all day and eat as much pizza as as you choose. I do not find it funny that someone got ransomware, but I do find it hilarious that InfoSec Twitter is split exactly down the middle on this issue. Half of InfoSec Twitter is up in arms and upset that someone would do such a horrible thing to an innocent pizza chain that when you really think about it, it solves part of the poverty problem. I remember hearing a story about someone working in InfoSec who did not have two quarters to rub together, and when he was homeless, he lived out of his car, and CeCe's pizza was a means to feed himself. He would just buy the all-you-can-eat option and code away on his laptop until he pulled himself out of poverty. The other half of InfoSec Twitter was cheering on the attackers and complimenting them for taking out a trash restaurant, taking them offline, and they're no longer able to subject people to their awful pizza like they're doing the world a favor. Now, full disclosure, I did go to CeCe's Pizza one time to check it out while I was traveling for work. And I thought the pizza was pretty good, you know, especially for the price. And the only thing that could possibly beat CeCe's Pizza is Costco's $1.99 pizza slice or $10 for a whole pizza.
2: You know, I think uh, Sbarro's and KFC and McDonald's and probably Burger King and Little Caesars are all shaking in their boots right now. They're like, oh, man, this happened to CeCe's Pizza. Then it can happen to us.
1: Yeah, what do you think the IT budget is for CeCe's Pizza? It's they, they, I don't think they do a lot of online, or maybe they do online ordering. Um, I'll, I'll tell you re- this right now. I was a fan of CeCe's Pizza when I was raising my kids because it was a great place to go for about, uh, I think, 15 bucks. I could feed the whole family, and uh, we could eat as much as we want, salad included in there, right? And uh, even get a dessert pizza at the very end. $15 per Let's person.
0: Yeah, no one's going to CeCe's for the salad. No, 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 no,
1: no. 15 bucks for a family of like four at that time. We didn't have my youngest. So yeah, family of four, 15 bucks. I think it was like less, like three ninety nine a person, all you can eat.
2: So going back to the IT budget question, I would assume that they're probably uh var of choice is like Walmart, right? This bunch of Linksys routers everywhere. <laughs> I could be wrong. I feel so bad. If it's not, like that's totally messed up. And I I, I read the, uh, the Twitter comments. It's looking like the... Uh, the side of Twitter that's uh, you know all for taking out a crappy restaurant.
0: I've never eaten there. Uh is is slowly winning that battle. All right, so it's not split anymore. It's more more people that said these are this ransomware crew did the world a favor.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's because it's those ransomware folks have money to go get really good pizza. What about the folks that like cheap pizza? I like yeah. cheap
0: pizza.
2: All right, so, let's yeah, let's exactly. play the game real quick. Let's say that <clears throat> You can you can get what, rid of one fast food restaurant forever. Maybe it's because you did some sort of ransomware and put them out of business for the rest of your life. What would it be?
1: Oh, would we be in trouble for seeing this on on the podcast? Nah.
0: Well, we're not going to get sponsored by them, so pick <laughs> pick a restaurant that you don't think would ever sponsor us. Let's put it that way.
1: What's one that I never I've, really I've kind of already burned bridges with five guys,
0: so there's that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So you're gonna knock out five guys. No, I still like five. They're, they're, they're peanut farms.
1: Is there one that I just like totally despise that I just won't go to? Like, mean, I, I don't. I
0: mean, if I... I don't hate or dislike any, I, I probably. I mean, I, I've had poor experiences at franchises, so it's no knock against the you know the parent or the corporate. They there's some been some awful franchises that I've interacted with. I, I will say, it might have to be Long John Silver's. Brian, do you know, are you familiar with that? Are they national? Yeah. Like they have them out there. Like that's
2: like, that's okay. a conspiracy theory on itself. Like, I've, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's where I'm going with this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that it's a giant mundering launder money laundering operation for uh, a marijuana cartel. Like I think that's the conspiracy. Yeah. I've never seen anyone Was it, in there. That they have these long
1: jobs. Yeah. That they still exist. They the still exist.
0: That when you drive by, there's yeah. no one in the parking lot. There's no one inside, but they somehow are still profitable and and around. And, I'll put a link in the show notes, but someone lays out a really compelling, at least to me, case that it is a gigantic money laundering operation for a marijuana cartel.
1: Yeah. I can't remember, but I think my wife's sister graduated from eighth grade uh, into high school. And and then her parents uh, took us all to Long John Silver afterwards to go have a hush puppy. But... (laughs) That was, the, I think, the last time I'd been in a lunch on silver was, was man, it's got to be at least 40 years ago, right? No, actually, no, 40, 35 years ago. So, yeah, it's been a while.
0: Oh, I did, I did think of one. So, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. So No knock what? against... No, okay, so <laughs> hear me out, hear me out. <laughs> it's not a knock against the food, because I actually think the wings are are good, but every single Buffalo Wild Wings I've gone to has been terrible, terrible, terrible service. And, you know, I'm not alone in this. Like, if you look on Yelp and you look up any... Like, seriously, go on Yelp and look up Buffalo Wild Wings. The number one complaint is just terrible, horrible service.
2: Yeah, I'm in agreement with you on that. I don't think I've ever left there thinking, wow, that was the the best time ever.
1: Yeah, like the... You guys don't sit at the bar. I sat at a bar at many, mul- mul- multiple Buffalo Wild Wings and had a great time. Yeah, I definitely didn't sit at the bar. <laughs>
0: yeah, I didn't sit at the bar. Like, I, I would call in. Like, I'd call in no one pick up the phone or be busy, and I'd go in, I'd order, and then they'd get my order wrong, and then i have to wait for them to fix the order, and it just, yeah, it's never been a positive experience. I don't even know why we still go okay. there. All right. My biggest gripe, my biggest gripe with Buffalo Wild wings is, why do I have to pay
1: for celery and carrots if I'm ordering chicken wings from you guys? That should be, like, pennies on the dollar to them. That's yeah, it's all Maybe margin. It's all margin for them. Yeah. Yeah. So... I, I, you know, like, I, I look at it and I go, because I eat, I love fried chicken, right? So I look at the popular chain restaurants out there. Of the three top ones that come to my mind, like Popeye's, churches, and Kentucky Fried Chicken, if if I see one of the other two driving down the street, I'd rather go there than to Kentucky Fried Chicken. So, KFC's out? Not that I could live without it, yeah. Well, like I said, given a Whoa, choice. Time out. Right? I think KFC... I would...
2: Right, and Long John Silver's, they're part of the uh-huh. same company. Uh, uh, <laughs> did you
0: know that, Chris? Uh, baby, I don't, I don't know if that's, could, that's what, what else are they selling in those buckets. KFC <laughs> so. falls under Yum Brands, which is Kentucky Fried Chicken, Taco Bell, and Pizza. Yeah, Hut. Every, every single Long John Silver's in Arizona is tied or is in the same restaurant as a Taco Bell. Hmm. Oh. It's not the case here, but... Maybe yeah, that Yum brand. All right. Yeah, maybe they're under young, Yum brands, maybe one of their sub-brands. All right, I have a very... I'll tell you what I can't... Yeah, I was gonna Go say ahead, Mine man, is very... You guys
2: probably hate me for saying this, but it's McDonald's. Man, get the hell out of here. Shut them all down. I don't need yeah. them ever again. F McDonald's. <laughs> that might be a very unpopular opinion. No. People are like, my french fries. The french fries suck. No. I
1: don't know what you guys are talking no. about. Once once or twice a year, I've got to go have like a quarter pounder with cheese, McRib, well, McRib. McRib. Yes, yeah. when it does come out, yeah. Yeah, don't speak um, an ill
0: word about the McRib, or we'll have yeah. problems.
1: I'll I'll tell you one one fast food chain that I can't live without is Subway's. Just that whole that whole cheap turkey sandwich for about well, it used to be five, now it's six. I could eat those like two or three times a week simply because I know what's in there. It's pretty healthy.
0: And Is also because you're a fan of Jared.
1: Well, no (laughs) (laughs) I like the fact that he lost weight eating Subways. I don't like the fact of what he
0: did uh, representing Subways. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. All right, so I I pulled the stats of our our listeners over the last year. So Syria is not on the list. Uh, Some other countries that actually surprised me, we have at least one listener, Uganda, El Salvador, Qatar, Pakistan... Macedonia, Madagascar, Kuwait, Iraq, Algeria, Armenia, Nepal, Vietnam, Saudi Arabia. We've got four listeners out of there. I think those are probably the ones that surprised me the most that we've got some listeners in. No Ukraine? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, six listeners out of Ukraine. All right. Yeah. Praying for you
1: guys all in Ukraine, by the way. Yeah. All
0: right. For our third topic, I came across an interesting article that says Microsoft, the tech giant, will stop enforcing non-compete agreements for most of their employees. Previously, a significant number of employees leaving Microsoft could no, no longer go to work for a competitor, which would be like Google or Amazon or even Salesforce. At least in California, non-compete agreements are largely unenforceable. Microsoft still reserves the right to enforce non-competes for their executives. In the same announcement, Microsoft also plans to publish salary ranges for their job postings to help fight salary inequality. For the record, both of my co-hosts know how much I make, and I believe transparency supports fairness. I have not had to take a job interview in quite some time, but... It was always an awkward conversation when it came to talking about salary. Knowing what I know now and I've gotten a lot of help along the way, I believe I could be a better negotiator. Looking at some jobs on LinkedIn for things like a cybersecurity engineer. Sure, they could post a salary range, but the range is something like forty eight thousand to one hundred and seventy eight thousand a year. It's like really? Like how is it possible that there's so much salary range for this job? I think it's a step in the right direction for tech. Non-compete agreements are dumb and largely unenforceable, and the taboo of not asking people how much they make allows employers to underpay people.
1: It's part of negotiations, though, Chris. I I think that's something that I've learned in the last, you know, 30 years of being in the workforce is uh, do you ever go to a dealership and accept the first price that they give you when selling a car?
0: Well, for my last car, I did because there's no negotiating when you're buying a Tesla. Right. Besides that, right? So, but for the most part, right? You
1: don't you don't go, oh, that's an awesome price. Let me go buy that, right? That it doesn't work that way, and I think that should be, you know, the reverse. As as far as the opposite is true, it's like when you go when you go to a job, you shouldn't necessarily take the first first number that comes across the table. I don't know, hot dad, what do you think?
2: Uh, I'm with you. I remember a long time ago and I've, I've actually taken this principle as i've you know helped coach people who uh you know working in this industry as well but uh i was on the customer side and i had a uh an oem that was trying to bring me over and so we were discussing salary and i was like he's like well what do you make him i told him he's like well he's like okay he's like well i make this and like it, it was like operation shock and awe like i was like oh my god that's literally twice as much as what i make right now i had no idea and i was like well what should i ask for and he's like, ask for more than what I make. I'm like, are you, are you nuts, man? You've been doing this for like a decade, and you want me to come in? He's like, he, 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 basically he's like, what's good for you is good for me, that's right. right? He's like, the more you make, the more I can make. And so I've kind of taken that notion. Like any I'm a hundred percent transparent with all my coworkers, uh, anyone that's coming in, I always tell them exactly where I'm at and what they should be asking for.
1: I'll agree with you. Like I, I'm all about trying to make sure everyone gets paid as much because at the end of the day. You know, we all need to we all need to survive, right? So I love it. I love it when, when prices go up. When you hear that story, uh, Brian about you, you know, that guy sharing, that's definitely how it goes. And that's the same thing for like I said, I'm gonna compare this to the to the to the housing market, right? I hope my neighbor sells his house for a million dollars because my house will become a million dollars as well, right? So definitely.
0: Yeah, set the bar high. And then that's how we end up with ten percent inflation. Geez. <laughs> you
2: know, I was talking with one of my coworkers, uh, he actually used to work with us. He was on the plane yesterday. And uh one of the things that he had worked into the negotiation on his offer letter was like the whole like no reverse on his stock. So it was like either a pre uh company IPO and then the other one that he shared with me that I didn't even think about was like that if they get bought that he this automatically this vests 100% of his of his stock. With it. like, so if they, you know, he came aboard and his vest schedules for four years and he's only there for six months and they, you know, they got acquired. He was like, boom, fully vested. I was like, oh, that was brilliant. Sound. So anyone out yeah. there. Yeah. Sound advice. You know, no, no reverse split on your stock options. Locked in strike price and forward vest automatically. hundred percent. Go for yeah, it. I think we
1: need to make a, an SE handbook, guys. We need to co-author something, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, job interview, those skills, negotiations, those skills, and then move on to, you know, how to operationalize being a, a USE into being an SE an experienced SE and then you know helping transition to other things as well so I, i'm all for it let's 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 write a book guys
0: like if only we had a platform where we could reach thousands of SEs and, and tell them this this great advice if only, <laughs> if only we had that available to us well so the problem chris is not the fact that we don't have access or a platform to reach
1: thousands of SEs it's those that are up and coming to become new SEs is where they're really not listening to us right now. Yeah,
0: fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I have to say that the two of you and then Zoltan, who was a guest on our show, he really helped out with uh, telling me how to negotiate a salary. I haven't had to do so for, for some time, but I feel pretty well armed for the next time I do have to come to that table thanks to thanks to my peers. And it's good to spread the love, spread the knowledge, and you know, a rising tide rises off all ships. For our fourth topic, and it will be a rotating topic every week, this week I posed a question to my co-hosts. What movie scared you that isn't a horror movie at all? Well, I let them think of their answers. For me, my answer is it wasn't exactly a full-length movie, but it was a short that was on Netflix called Love, Death, and Robots. I've encouraged my co to watch this series for some time, but I still think they have not, so I'm going to go ahead and spoil at least one of the episodes for them. Love, Death, and Robots is a series of animated shorts between 3 and 15 minutes long, and each one is independent of the other. So if you don't like one, just go to the next one. It has nothing to do with the last one you just watched. They're also done a different type of animation style, like one will be claymation, one will be anime style, and one will be just a totally different animated style. So the episode I'm going to talk about is called Pop Squad. So if, you're, if you have Netflix, check it out. The episode's called Pop Squad. I'll link it uh, as well. The premise of this episode is that in the future, humans have solved the immortality problem and people can live forever. With immortality comes the overpopulation problem, because if people keep being born and no one dies, the world's eventually going to run out of resources. To fix this problem, it's now illegal to have kids, and any kids that are found are immediately executed. So, kind of dark. The story follows a police detective that tracks down these so-called breeders who illegally have children. The parents are arrested, and the child is taken out. The detective is starting to feel conflicted about what he's doing. His girlfriend is all about herself and says that she would not trade her immortality for the ability to have children. And at one point, the detective follows a a woman home, who he suspects has a child, and he ends up being correct. He sees how happy the kid is and how much the mom is willing to sacrifice to protect her child. At one point, the mom even asks the detective to kill her instead to make room for her daughter, but he lets them both live and leaves them alone. I think this one affected me as a parent because I don't think I would trade immortality for my kids, but I also realize this is probably going to be a polarizing topic because... My friends without kids, I believe they would trade immortality for the ability to have kids. And We're at the age where our friends who do not want kids have already made that decision and have adjusted their life accordingly. But it really scared me because of that conflict the detective had. If I never wanted kids, I could totally see the case for choosing immortality, but I've known I've always wanted kids and have no regrets about becoming a father, even though it fundamentally changes everything. The moral dilemma really mess with me more than I expected it to, and, you know, everyone on this call is a parent, and I think most parents would side with me in choosing kids over immortality.
2: Yeah, I take him as immortality. I have four of them. They're such a pain in my neck. Just kidding. <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs> <That's> too <funny. laughs> I mean, do I have to work if I'm immortal? Yeah, you still have to work. Yeah, pfft. <laughs> I'll, I'll pass that burden All right on down to the kids you guys can live forever, I'm out I
1: don't, don't want to live forever, I just want to have a good time while I'm here and then I'm done, checked out because I can't live this over and over and over again that's
0: just me though yeah, that's actually one of the things the, the so the woman with the kid, one of the lines she says she looks normal, like she looks like a normal mother's age she's like, I'm 218 years old, I've lived long enough I don't need to see anything more and then that's why she wanted to have the kid
2: I guess if you do it that way, that's pretty cool but then you'd leave the kid with no mom or dad yeah right
1: so i'll i'll tell you guys about you know mine is a pretty simple one i don't think it's a horror it's not a horror movie per se but um i can't i can't I, i've watched it once and i can't watch it over and over uh, but i can watch bits and pieces it's i am legend and the reason why i that one scares me is because you know if two years ago we were pretty close to a very close scenario where we've got a race to this vaccine and this vaccine could potentially help human life but also could uh, ch- save it uh and for me it was like oh this realization that it, it, we're close of course you know zombies and whatnot didn't change any of us you know the, the vaccine didn't change any of us, but it it is something that i'm like wow yet yet <laughs> yeah Yet. Yeah, and I did tell you guys I got my fiftieth uh, vaccine booster the other day, right? So, um, cross your fingers. <laughs>
2: I'm I'm still holding on to those antibodies like a sourdough. Well,
1: yeah, meat. that's because you that's because you lick doorknobs <laughs> and 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 street and street signals, right? To be, in order to get the the COVID, so that's how you build that immunity. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Oh my gosh! Real quick, on that note. Um, at the you know rsa i was in the restroom and our, our cro walked into the into the restroom i was like i'm not going to risk it i'm going to wash my hands get the hell out of here because like i knew if he didn't wash his hands i the to call him <laughs> out have right to call him out yeah I and then uh and i was like yeah i was talking with ron i was like yeah i just saw uh, Do- uh dolly in there and I, was, I didn't you know i purposely avoided him um and, go, and, and ron knew exactly why he was like because you thought you were going to have to call him out, huh? I was like, no, I don't think I would actually have to. But you know, the fact that kind of like <laughs> would. But, Yeah, yeah, the yeah, career-ending events right there. Would
1: you? Would you have done it? I just want to know. Would you have done it?
2: Of course not. I, I love him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> daddy needs to eat i don't Do- know man it's dolly like, that's... if you're listening i hope
1: you wash your hands <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh for the record i'm 100 percent sure he did he's a he's well put together man so all right uh shifting gears uh so when you asked me this chris two movies came to mind and the first one was arlington road Do you guys remember that one
0: that was the fbi one i think was it jeff bridges yeah am i, am I thinking yeah. the right one
2: FBI, yeah, long story short. If you haven't seen it, oh my gosh, Glenn, you got to go watch it. Okay. This dude is like he 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 teaches at a college level about, you know, homegrown terrorism and stuff like that. People move in next door, they frame this poor dude. He thinks he's going to go stop this place from getting bombed and he turns out he has the bomb on him. It it ends and you're like there's no way. Like this is the like what the f just happened. That I mean, was dude, one of them where spoiler I'm like, alert. Yeah, well, thanks. the movie's like twenty years old. <laughs> you, haven't watched you gotta it by watch now. it though. Yeah, it is. Watch
0: it anyways. You'll still be like, "What the hell just happened?" I remember that. And was, the second that one was a psychological thriller for sure. A well done movie, yeah. I, I would say. Yeah, but a movie yeah. I'd probably only watch. Well, yeah, I'll watch it again since you brought it up. But yeah, I... trippy. Really, really, really trippy.
2: I like watching that like with the uh, you know the people that haven't seen it and just show them. Like the other day, I showed my daughter the Prestige. She's 13. And like at the end of it, she's like, What, what the hell does happen? Well, she didn't say hell. She's like, Oh my gosh. And so we just kind of walked through all the different things. She's like, This is insane. So the yeah. other movie at the time didn't scare me at all. And then the whole Edward Snowden thing happened. And then I went back and rewatched Ending of the State. And mm-hmm. I was like, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Spot on. Like that. That's freaky. So now any movie that comes out, I'm like, That's impossible. No, I don't think that anymore. It's completely possible. Yeah, it's just we weren't aware. Is the problem? Yeah. <clears throat> like that's far fetched. They couldn't yeah. see a license plate, dude. You don't know how the internet works you know, I mean, telemetry works.
0: Enhance. I've got to turn you on
1: to a couple books. Enhance. Yeah, I've got to turn you on to a couple books by Jack Carr, a former SEAL team guy, and he's written he's written four books so far, and I think all of them are pretty good. So i I've got to share them with you.
0: Please do. I think with. With things like, you know, the Freedom of Information Act, and especially with the, you know, in the U.S. here, the CIA, our clandestine services, and things become declassified over time. Like, it's shocking, some of the stuff that we did and got away with for so long. It's shocking in what way, Chris? Like, what? It's like we we put LSD in the water, or we, we... tested Uh-oh. people or we, we we like gaslit I'll have to look it up but there are some pretty That's a whole nother things. subject for the podcast because yeah, yeah. There's, I,
2: I have. A, I actually have like a, a note on my phone of all the messed up things I've come across like the LSD ones with the, the prostitutes right they were tricking the guys oh my gosh alright
0: topic to the next one alright yeah. well we continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week dad joke of the week this week, I'm up. So I got to tell you guys, somebody glued my deck of cards together last week. I'm having a really hard time dealing with it.
1: Wow, wow,
0: wow. <laughs> Did you go to Vegas? Is that why this came That's up? A That's a good one. <laughs> All right, to wrap things up, RSA 2022 is back with a vengeance. Syria cuts off the entire internet to prevent cheating. CC's Pizza got hacked and InfoSec Twitter is split on whether this was good or bad Microsoft takes steps to promote workplace fairness and go and watch Love Death Robots on Netflix That's all we have for this week We hope you enjoyed this week's episode You can find us all on LinkedIn Links will be in the description Follow us on Instagram at pebcacpodcast Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers who rate us five stars in the iTunes store and Spotify and left us a review we appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show. The best way to find us is to search for the Pepcac Podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. For my co host Brian Deach and Glen Medina, I'm Chris Louis. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week. And as always, have a nice day. Have a good one, everyone.